mix in a little bit of ketchup and then that becomes thousand and that with the tacos bro bad enough i gotta go back to this doctor for another fucking checkup <laughs> i'm pretty oh, sure <laughs> right, all right. <laughs> i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure those many not those many tacos with the ranch on the side boosted up my fucking sodium intake yeah 100 <laughs> percent I, I would not be sodium until our arteries clog right. here's the thing i'm not in danger but i'm i'm like danger close got you okay okay so, so then you tell me right when it's possible that i go and take you some jack in the crack after next week <laughs> All right. so Thanks. i got i gotta i gotta uh because i said you because you and oz are coming out here in a couple of well oz is coming out here in a couple it'll of be weeks. next month yeah it'll be next month we already in march yeah I thought it was march not april no april april 6th ah okay that's okay. when they get here, yeah. Hey, we, we, we good. I don't have another doctor's appointment until Cinco de Mayo. Well, this is a follow-up. Check my heart. And gotcha. the next one is just like, <laughs> how you been doing? Did you do any exercises? Tragic. This is tragic. This is all the weed I have left. Ooh. Ooh. It's tragic. I have been left with the hard decision of where am I going with my vacation because uh -huh. boyfriend we can't afford to do the entire west coast so I have to take California or the Pacific Northwest yeah that makes sense every I would time I talk about food from California it pushes me a little bit closer to choosing California instead of the Pacific Northwest I will tell you this the food here is amazing like there's not a lot that I tr that I truly like talk up about my city because truly, a lot of it is horrible garbage. But the food is fucking on point. West Coast, yeah. best coast. Northwest, yep. so pretty. It is. It indeed is. California has a little bit of everything. California. You want, you want the LA National Forest? You got it. And then you want to go hiking all day in the fucking redwoods? And then just drive 30 minutes to downtown and have some fucking bomb-ass bar Korean barbecue? Why the fuck not? You could do it on the same day. California, here you come. I'm just being biased, but right honestly, back where it started from <laughs> California. California love. I was a little phantom blooded, but yeah. <laughs> also, off topic, but I feel like it's applicable because we're talking about Star Wars. I just found this pin that I got that I haven't been able to put on anything. That's really cute. A year. Mm -hmm. and I didn't it's, it's like the ears are almost like the full length of the body. Yeah. I literally, I haven't watched The Mandalorian, so I don't know, like, the whole Baby Yoda plot point thing, but I absolutely adore Baby Yoda. Here's the funny thing. Even after watching The Mandalorian, you're still not going to understand the Baby Yoda oh. thing. Like, it's to the point where, like, um, my boyfriend's roommate that has a kid, I, the last like, little toddler baby set of clothes that I got her was a Baby Yoda set that came with, like, a little hat with the ears on it. Oh, my God. It's so fucking cute. That's great. Well, I think it's a good way to say, welcome back to the Space Society Collective Podcast. What's up, everybody? <laughs> I love that you just jumped into it on that one. Honestly, you really did. I I, I admire that one. How long you been? Eh, it's been four minutes. We're good. 
I remember I gave up trying to break the record. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I, I mean, it's a difficult record. That's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With everyone not trusting me, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. This is officially Space ID Collective 40th episode. But yep. this is the podcast feeds 150th episode. I thought you were going to say episode after that. <laughs> oh, you already jumped the gun, and I have not put, popped up blurred. So, <laughs> sound effect. Yeah, uh, we can we can bring up the sound effects as we're going along. But yes, it's our 150th, dude. Holy shit. We are not uh, we are not alone for our 150th. Again, we re- uh, returning back to the podcast. Thank you for jumping on, Jason Dean. Mm. I hope my sound is marginally better. You're it, fine. I'm gonna I'm I'm find a, a very rough Nerds Against the World episode so you can be calm about how we originally sounded. I'm I'm sure after maybe like maybe like uh three or four episodes it'll start to feel more like shooting the shit and less like recording. Yeah. <laughs> it's um yeah, cuz you're technically a newbie. You're the newbie technically. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I who went to a very well funded school. <laughs> yeah. I, I I really can't believe it's been 150 episodes. Oh yeah. That- like when did we technically start? We started in 2019, right? 2018. 2018. We technically. Mm. I guess this is a good way to segue right into the history of it. Um. So it started in 2018 as off the wall audience. Right. 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 And I originally did not want to come back to podcasting. I was burnt out. I remember this conversation. Yeah, this is this was we we started talking about this specific topic before po- recording podcast stuff. Like after I had left the center where we both worked, mm-hmm. and when you and I started talking more, just like colloquially. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it basically it was like it was a like summer of twenty eighteen. Me and Chris was just like we was. Not close friends like we are now, just like we were just like mutual friends because of Jen. Acquaintances. A lot closer now, I would say. Yeah, we're like we're closer now. And those past episodes, those past hundreds of episodes were point proven how close we got. <laughs> like, woo! Trust me, there's a couple on there, those are spicy episodes. Very, very <laughs> spicy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very spicy. You know, as you do, as is bound to happen over time. Oh. Yeah. 150 episodes in four years. I would hope you you grew closer as friends. Oh, yeah. Um, It's interesting, yeah. So in 2018, I was asked to start an artist podcast as a part of... um, It was not an honors program. It was a senior program for extracurricular activities for an artist. And since I was technically the only... One of the few artists who actually had any tech skills, I was asked to do it. Yeah. So... one who knew how to edit somewhat. Yeah. So I did the podcast, artist podcast. Those were seven, the first seven episodes. Those didn't get uploaded until 2019, to which you remember. Yeah. 
Those yeah. ep- those episodes were finally called the Giant Kachima Robot because at the time, I curated an art show with two other artists, Christian Metzqua and Santos Nunez. That's the one that you invited me to, right? Yep. And that was a really good event, man. I, I still remember that. That was a lot of fun. Yep, and I never want to curate another art show again. Um, <laughs> that shit is exhausting. <laughs> I legit should have called you that Sunday to help me put all that furniture back into the other classrooms, but I did not. Yeah, dude. I mean, hey, if you ever need the help again, you know I'm around, but... Oh, I'm calling, because that was five <laughs> hours I've never given back. Um, it, it was a lot of stuff, because there was a lot of pieces. There was a lot of furniture out, so that way people could like display their like physical work. There was like uh, all the setup for the people that were outside. Yeah, it was... It, and then... On top of that, like I must, I think you guys also like had false walls and stuff for certain like hanging pieces. Yeah, we had false walls. We had um, equipment for the musicians that we had for the show. Yeah, um, we had audio equipment. We we had a lot. Yeah. So majority of the stuff was done like, and I also did the fucking art show that Saturday. <laughs> I was I was there that whole weekend. Yeah. But the show didn't officially go up till after the art show. Then the discussions with me and Chris came up like we should do like the flagship show. Like Artist yeah. Talk will have its own show. The flagship show will have its one. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Giant Contraband Robot show started. Yep. I remember was- like uh, you had your you had your Blue Yeti and I had my mic. And before we figured out how to do it on Discord, like I would go I, I, I would go to your house and we would record it. Yeah, and just in person, I just set my mic to uh, to like not Omni, but like uh, like uh, I forgot what it was called, but like the dual eight frequency, whatever. Yeah. So that way, it could just record him on one side, me on the other side, and we just talk for a couple hours and do basically what we're doing now, but just face to face. And then that was all pre-COVID stuff. Yep, and getting Jack in the Box afterwards. Yeah, and that was the tradition. We'd go get Jack in the Box afterwards. Apology. <laughs> it lets me be here on the complete other side of the country. Hey. Got your Mickey D's. Got your Mickey D's. Um, Which, over mm-hmm. order. <laughs> I don't love that. Um, <laughs> then we we was going by Giant Contra for well over a hundred episodes. Yeah, and then well, the pandemic uh, hit. Technically, right? Yeah, hundred hundred plus, hundred plus. But um, yeah, hundred ten. Mm. I'm bad at you know, one fifty, and this is forty for the other one, right? You know what? We went while as GCR. Yeah, it was a while. It was multiple years. Enough to that the university knew who we both were, because I kept on saying, "Is me and Christian like artist talk is still there?" But it's me and my buddy Christian. And I kept on bringing Christian around the campus. Yeah, it's like everybody knew who he was, and they'd be like, I even like we, there was like artist talks on campus. I'd be like, Yo, Christian, want to check this out? Because Christian can actually draw and paint. <laughs> and I keep on telling this fool, you should like, yes, it's good. When you want to focus on science, but you know, work on a skill that you also have. I appreciate that, man. I I enjoy I enjoy it. I just don't do it a lot, but I enjoy it, and I feel like I feel like. I would want to work digitally, and I can't translate what I can do, like, with charcoal and pastel to digital yet. Like, I haven't, like, practiced enough with it. Yeah. But I do I do appreciate that. Because, like, yeah, I had a lot of fun going to learn about that stuff. Like, on an academic level that I had never seen before. 
Just exposing your friends as artists like that. <laughs> I do that to all friends. Even you, Jason. You are a good artist. You do good work. See, I, really I, I know, but I've dedicated my life to that. Like, I wasn't a STEM kid. <laughs> I, I'm not a secret kid. artist or anything. Here's the I've thing. always been a STEM kid, all right? Here's the thing. If, if anyone's been listening to the Artist Talk episodes who have been on this podcast, I have outed other STEM kids on yeah. Artist Talk. Yeah, he has. <laughs> and it is nothing wrong with that because... It shows anyone who listens to those art. I have one of the reasons why I Devin Suno actually helped me create artist talk because I really didn't want to do it. And, we, and he was like, be that one artist who can talk about what we usually talk about, Star Wars, video games, comic books, and show that that medium can actually help artists create. Hence yeah. how artist talks started. And then the yeah. idea was what motivate other artists to create? So we had like Jackie Mendoza, Allison Garcia, and they all had their very reasons to follow art. And I know a couple of them, I think, if I remember correctly, um, one of my good friends. Oh, my God. <laughs> I want to call her La Cornita because that's her fucking nickname. One oh, my God. <laughs> but she was heavily into fucking mathematics. Like heavily into math. But yeah. she just like she felt accounting math was not gonna be, like help her, so she went straight into art. Math kids are fucking crazy, man. Like, I don't know no. how anyone could sit down and look at that shit and have fun. I have, I cried in my algebra class like every day. <laughs> you have no idea how much that makes me laugh on a very internal, deep level that you said that. <laughs> I I yeah. I could never. I think kudos to y'all, like. <laughs> I think we got a, co- a coded message from Agent Oz coming in. They said they gave up on electives and on purpose to take more math. Yeah. You're crazy. I, You're crazy. I could never. Can attest, can attest math kids are crazy as fuck. I would say this. <laughs> there was an artist um, in my time there. She applied statistics and um, another form of math like geometry to create a sculpture oh geometry is super important in in art and stuff actually i passed geometry with flying colors i did not pass i couldn't do algebra though fuck algebra man (laughs) i i couldn't do trig and i had such a hard time learning calc i couldn't do math for shit and one person said how can you be an artist and i'm good at math i'm like Easy. I just put things together, and if they don't work, they don't work. Yeah. I'm like, what? Trial <laughs> yeah. and error, baby. I was like, I was like, art. I was like, art is not supposed to be about making things like what Jason said, like making sure they fit. Like, no, it's supposed to be trial and error. If you fuck up, you know your fuck ups. Yeah. And you just keep going. <laughs> it was like it's all trial and error. Like, I find more therapy. I haven't done enough late, but. For me, it's more therapeutic if I'm not playing video games or anything, taking on my paints and seeing what colors I can fucking create without looking up, looking up how to put them together. Yo, yeah. Like, Half the fun in art is failing at art. Yeah. Now, if you're bad at drawing, like your host over here. <laughs> it's just abstract. There you go. It's not bad, it's just abstract. <laughs> I like to say my paintings are... 
mint that as an NFT and fucking sell it. Someone will buy it. Fucking NFTs. Yeah. Um, I like to say my art is minimalistic abstract. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> basic as fuck. But the thing is, though, I, I do, and people's like, you do create some far out, some freaky shit. Like, they want to know, like, what's going on in your head. I'm like, you really want to know what's going on in my head? <laughs> like, do you really want to know? <laughs> you wouldn't like it. Yo, I'm pulling the shadow over you. <laughs> here's the thing: even even some of the most influential paintings have been the exact result of that. Like, have you heard of the thirteen black paintings in uh, in the Prado Museum? Yeah, yeah. The that's literally like work that came from an artist that went fucking insane in his own house. Mm. <laughs> I gotta look it up now because I've never heard of those. Ba uh, those, uh, look up the 13 black paintings yeah. and they should be under like the museum the the prado museum in spain and as much as shit on andy warhol i still shit on andy warhol and i'm not gonna incriminate, incriminate myself on here but you're like as much as i hate takashi 69 i still hate that motherfucker oh yeah like, no, no, that, we, we 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 shit on takashi he gets his shit like the only thing is like i don't to this day, I don't get, like, what, like, when I watch, like, old, like, archival footage of artists, like Basquiat, I actually see him create. And it's just him, like, I see artists created. With Warhol, I just see workers creating his shit. Interesting. So does, so, so does it have more to do with the fact that the, I don't know, like, the public the publicity behind or not the publicity it's, is it i don't want to do the way that it was presented to you when you consumed it or what the overall message means for me it's the it was the how the way it was presented because i have always been hanging out with diy artists yeah and yeah. meeting artists who do things on their own try to get things on their own or use their street smarts to like you know like bartering Essentially, oh, you got this, I got this, and you're like, straight off. Yeah. So when you see artists like Basquiat actually like working with artists, working with photographers, mm -hmm. like they, you hear the like all these people who knew him at the time in the '80s and before he passed in the '90s, like you hear all this stuff with him, and like even Salvador Dali, as crazy as that motherfucker was, <laughs> like you hear like talks like him, like how he always works on his stuff, how he was so ingrained into it. I just see more fame with Andy Warhol than I see anything in his past. Like, him actually wor actually working on anything. And yeah. I, there's probably stuff out there I just don't know. And I know there's a new Andy Warhol doc that's, doc that's coming out soon. Mm -hmm. Interesting. When I think about Andy Warhol, the only thing I think of is reproduction. Yeah. Because <laughs> when I was taught about Andy Warhol in elementary school, you know, like every kid does, we were making, like, stamps and stuff. So it was like, you're going to make, like, ten of these. Like, was it was just about, like, the, the idea of creating multiples with it. Because, you know, Andy Warhol did, you know, like, the, the famous soup can yep. thing, where it's just, like, a bunch of fucking soup cans next to each other. You yeah. know, so it's like, you're going to use this stamp, like, 20 times type shit. Mm -hmm. And I just did not enjoy it. Yeah. Circling back, though, to those 13 paintings, there's actually oh. 14 of them. Oh, 14, and thank you. And he actually painted them directly yeah. to the like the wall of his house, the yeah. outside of the house. Oh yeah, I, and they look they're they're like hauntingly cool. 
in yeah. my opinion. There's like, a specific one in there. There's a specific one in there under the name uh, Apollo Eats His Son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I looked at that one. Or yeah. The Drowning Dog. Exactly. That one is is quoted by the creator of Attack on Titan as one of the direct inspirations he had for creating mm-hmm. it. It sounds awful, but yeah. I genuinely think some of the best art comes out of the darkest depths of the human brain. Oh, yeah. Like, when I'm- people just go absolutely fucking crazy and and turn that into art it's something completely like different from the sane person's art you know like it's just fundamentally different in such an interesting way it's like your your brain is is functioning in such a different way that of course it wouldn't take a different process to create (laughs) what you created yeah, it's, like, it's, it, it's just unfortunate that it comes out of people having, like, psychotic breaks and stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm not psychotic yet. I don't <laughs> wish that on anyone, but if it happens, I don't know, make some art, I guess, because it'll look cool. I'm fortunate enough to say that I've... Or, I'm sorry, I'm fortunate enough to be able to say that I've seen those in person. They're insanely, like, inspirational when it comes to, like, the creation of it. Absolutely, I agree with you on that. <laughs> Like they are, they are, they're fucking, they're awesome. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna have a psychotic break anytime soon. It's just like you know, some maybe maybe I should just go crazy and make some famous paintings. You know, it's like you know, I I don't know why it's not one of okay. It's I'm gonna admit something here. It's not something go I don't picking. think I would like publish, but at least for my own like development and psyche in that kind of way, I kind of I I like gotten used to trying to create something in those like low moments of like mm-hmm. of my life so during some of the most stressful points that i would say that i personally like felt things that's when i take time to create something because at the very least it's cathartic to me to like output that energy somewhere else but it also weirdly gives me a lot of inspiration to work on some of like the most finite detailed stuff i've made mm-hmm. and i, I did that more expectedly and I've been yeah. and I've been sitting thinking about this. What you're technically doing with the D and D group is art. I don't care what anyone says. If you want to challenge me, once again, I mean, my Twitter handle is Desi is dead. Well, I appreciate. That's it. like if, if you want to fuck around, come find out. Like it's art in its own form, and you will get embarrassed on my Twitter. I have done it before. It is in its own form. I would like to think so, but I'm. I wouldn't say it's there at that level, but I would. I appreciate what you're telling me. Now, here's here's why: because and, you're for you're not forcing. You are helping other individuals create something that means something to every each person. Jason has Alaria. I have Maxine. Finley has Mouse. Reed has Vice. Aspen has Savage. We all are creating these characters that we are literally super invested in them to yeah. want to like continue this and every, when we get spectators everyone has a favorite person that they like yeah that in itself is art you're the director who who wrote this who created the art and we're just one of your um your, your day players thank you i appreciate that i really do i mm-hmm. i try i try my hardest to at I figure if I try my hardest to make it entertaining to what I would think be like watching or experiencing for me, then how can I translate that in a way that would resonate with you guys as players? Mm-hmm. That's what I try to try to keep in mind when I plan this stuff. Yeah. 
I've also got to say, um, I spent seven hours on my first dungeon draft map. Anyone that sits and does that shit is an artist. I don't care what anyone tells me. Like, oh, you remember the axe home map, Max? But in the axle map, I handmade that shit yeah. at work over eight hours in a full shift. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, I gotta say, that's seven hours. I was making one building. Oh, yeah. Like, you oh, made yeah. entire cities on that shit. Okay. Like, mm -mm. that's <laughs> art, man. And only artists can sit and work on something that can total up to eight to seven hours. It really awesome. do be like that though. Same. Like when I maps for you guys, hundred percent. It's like me making the map and imagining the lore of how this map gets filled. And this is it was still on brand on topic, but a good uh, that was a tangent in itself. So <laughs> thank you for listening to that mini artist talk. And if you are a writer, <laughs> a musician, a designer, a art architect, what you're doing is technically art. So you are inspiring other people to create and put their creative flow out there in the world. Now back onto the history of the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. We were we were talking about but, uh, but that I, we started GCR. Yeah. So 2019, G, late 2019, G, the giant The article is important. The article is important. Because the name of the giant country robot came from Anamanaguchi track. No, 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 no. It didn't. It shared a name, but it wasn't directly from it, right? No. <laughs> I said it before, and I'll say it again. I was listening to Anamanaguchi. Trying to not get this. We're not. Look, we're in, Here's the thing. We're not going to get flagged. We're not going to. I researched this. We're not going to get flagged. We're not playing any of their music. We're fine. And well, plus, Brandon. Yeah, but um, I was listening to Anna Monaguchi because I was coming up with names for the art show. Okay. And we was already coming up. We was already going like, all right, we're going to do a main show. Artist Oxley has his own thing. We're going to have our, our main show. Every damn name that I had was like, no, 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 no. And I was like, all right, here. Giant Contraman Robot. Yes. <laughs> Uh, okay, I get it. Because it was out of one, out of frustration. Two, I came up with why why Johnny Contra robot would make sense. So if you want to know why it makes sense, one, we're robots creating content content in a giant space. Okay. So, <laughs> so it was like, oh, that makes sense. I was like, none of you, and I literally was standing there like smir smirking, like none of you fucking people know who Animata Gucci is in the first place, too. I was literally looking at he doesn't own it. <laughs> I was literally looking at the dean of the fucking department, the Devin Suno, who's the person who's technically the reason why we got Space ID Collective. I'm just looking at him like you just don't know. <laughs> and then <laughs> does the show in her <laughs> That's one for you. <laughs> yeah. Not for me, that's for you. Um, <laughs> our unconscious is uh, not unconscious. Oz is uh, Oz is burning us from the sidelines. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're gonna get on mics in the later. <laughs> uh, 
we put the article I is the article the the is important <laughs> so giant the giant Kachua robot was there yeah so the article w- made us v- different in the search engine <laughs> until Google was like your name pings with Anamanaguchi yeah until Google was like hey bro check your shit it was very much like that thing of like we're we're operating in the background and we're like ha 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 yes this is gonna work and then all of a sudden like the hand on the shoulder from behind just being like you sure about that (laughs) (laughs) I think it came at a good time because we was both creatively burnt yeah I think I think no matter what I think it was good that we rebranded and kind of like refreshed Mm mm-hmm it also gave us that opportunity to like really critically look at the direction in which the podcast was going and whether we wanted to continue like that mm-hmm. or change some things up. Yep. And I yep. better those first three months of 2020, not pandemic wise, just personal wise. Right. Just fucked me up. It was, it was tough for you. Yeah. Uh, so I got to ask then, if you ripped the giant contraband robot name from something, where did the Space Oddity Collective come from? Original. How was that thought of? It was. It was. No. It was original. That was. It's it original. Was, so you're not. No, I'm not ripping that. Violating any copyright. I. No, we literally. We were looking up the name beforehand, and we we're like, okay, is there nothing that is under this? No. Okay. And perfect. I showed them my sketchbook. Literally, Space Oddity was one of the names I wanted for the art show, and they said yeah. no. <laughs> I was like, we are a space, and we are creating oddities for people to look at. We're literally circus performers by this point. <laughs> I was on my militant shit in my last semester at that fucking university. Yeah. Desi, Desi was doing that thing very much of burning every bridge he could. That's about how it goes. And Benita was on point and was like, my default is sarcasm. Yeah. Your default is sarcasm, and I'm just very happy that I'm like 80% fluent. <laughs> it's like, I see these people, I'm like, you are not, I was like, this is not how the world should fucking work, or a school should fucking work. I was like, I was like, you sure you want me to have a podcast, because this is where my mindset is at now. I was like, you know this, right? He's <laughs> like, okay, like, I'm doing it. Like, you look at everybody in the room, and you're just like, you people are the reason I'm an atheist. <laughs> oh dude tangent we legit had a devout christian at our job mm-hmm. and they just couldn't fucking handle i was an atheist yo and i, I mr susan level devout or black black people who rely on the church too much devout Ooh, ew i I don't know if Christian was physically there. Was like my grandparents. It might have been. Was this at work? Oh yeah, because I was at the front desk. It was down a little bit of a downtime, and I yelled, "I yes, I'm a fucking atheist. Do you have a problem?" Oh yeah, I remember that. I was there for that. Ooh, that's I confrontational. That. I was clear across the other side of the room. Yes, I absolutely remember that. <laughs> I was like, "What in the fuck?" I was like, "I am not shitting." Up. I was like. In anyway, I'm not. Sh- I, I'm the type of. I'm not like Bill Maher who likes to dig on other people's re- religions. I just don't believe in what you believe in, and I just leave. I let you talk, and that's it. But when you keep 
going on and on and on and saying what's going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. Then this is my one. Then the nigga comes out. <laughs> that's your that's your one for the episode. That's my one <laughs> for the episode. Like, for the love of your God, shut the fuck up. I get it. For the love of your own God. <laughs> like my grandmother was a Jehovah Witness. Yeah. <laughs> like she, I was like, if I I remember like when I heard the name Desmond, I was like, all right, I already know I'm in trouble, but I'm too heated to be worried. Yeah. <laughs> I remember telling my grandmother this and it took her it it, it, it took her a while but she accepted their aggressor don't believe in God mm-hmm. so, like that was how good me and my grandmother's relationship was like someone who was a devout Jehovah's Witness realizing like okay I have a grandchild who don't believe at all I feel like I would have <laughs> gotten along with your grandma yeah she got along with everyone <laughs> her look when I found out my grandmother was literally throwing slangs around I'm like who is teaching you this (laughs) I literally am like alright let me text Freddy because I know you got Fred's number I know you got Jimmy's number I know you got everybody's is it one of our cousins because you saying this is lit who is teaching you grandma (laughs) (laughs) grandma who is teaching you I just can't imagine my grandma using the word lit but she was using like, it. Cor- she was using it correctly. Much less correctly. Like she oh. loves Fireball. She loved. She never had Fireball up until she met my homies. She Yo. literally had a bottle of Fireball. You know the, you know the kind of old people that are around me. I was hang- I was talking to someone, not hanging out, but I was talking to someone because I was like moving furniture for them, and like. She, she goes, oh well, that's awesome. Oh well, I mean, I guess I, I guess the kids don't say awesome nowadays, right? <laughs> we she didn't say awesome sauce. My mom still uses awesome sauce and cool beans and Never awesome sauce. Like, like actually, earnestly. That's always been sarcastic. Yeah, I... no, my mom genuinely uses it. Tell Damn. your mom, don't worry. I still use cool beans and awesome sauce. And I'm about to be 37. (laughs) Not off us. (laughs) Well, you're pretty close to my mom's age. My mom is 40, uh, 41 this year. Yeah, you were telling me. Yeah, coming up. She'll be 41 uh, this month. And the 24th, I believe. Yeah, the 24th is her birthday. My parents are in their 40s. (laughs) I, I I, I was told I'm a weird millennial. I'm okay you are, you are a you are an elder millennial. You are like at the beginning of millennial, and I'm like at yeah. the yeah the the cusper. But the thing is, though, it's always like someone said before I left that university. When we was doing the podcast, like, you have this weird innate ability where you can connect with people at different ages. So it was like, did uh, okay? It cut out. <laughs> it cut out. I cut, cut out. out. Yeah. Am I good? Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Okay. The Wi-Fi is good, so it's Discord. Also, yeah. once again, because we're still chugging along and everyone in the world is hey, Just like podcast. we've always had to deal with, at least for a good chunk of the podcast, we are recording from home over Discord people. So Thank there you. There are some technical difficulties. Callback. That is <laughs> the callback. That has always been a thing on every one of these podcasts ever since we started recording from home because of COVID. Thank you. That is a callback. Yep. If you've been listening this long, you know that first. Oh, uh, yeah. It, 
you've been listening long enough, you definitely heard that. Um. Oh wait, here's we another apologize, one. viewers, while we have some technical difficulties. Ice cream truck in the background. There's another one. Man, we don't even have ice cream trucks around here anymore. I literally, now that I'm an adult with my own money, I would absolutely adore buying from ice cream trucks. Yo. Like, it's, we had I, this one guy in our neighborhood when I was younger with that yeah. had an ice cream truck, but he also sold um, pirated DVD discs on the side. Oh, that's perfect. So you'd get ice cream, and then you get a movie, and the movies are like $3 or some that's shit. Great. There used to be a taco <laughs> place that I would go to that had a guy like that. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I found out it's very dangerous for me now because I found out that the ice cream truck that passes by my house takes card. Ooh, that's <laughs> so even that's better. They're evolving. <laughs> <laughs> Once they take Apple Pay, it's over, man. Like, like oh, there's so um, if you were to come, if you come to California, there's a place called Smorgasbord, LA, where they do take Apple Pay. Oh yes so good you you want a bevy of different <laughs> the word is back bevy. another, another <laughs> callback <laughs> you haven't damn man you haven't said that we've have a bevy in a while because bevy was a night owl thing yeah you know maybe i should just go to california and go on like a food tour yes and just eat at all those crazy restaurants that are based in la that i've always wanted to eat at but couldn't because i live in florida Oh, yeah. There's a oh, bunch of restaurants in Australia I want to go to. Yeah. You know, like the cool ice cream shops that do like rolled ice cream and stuff like that. Like, I've never had rolled ice cream because go to it's Cold not Stone. a thing in my area. Do you got a Cold Stone? Yeah. Yeah, Cold Stone does that, but there's other we other ice cream shops are doing that now. But that that's, yeah. I mean, yeah, but I usually don't go to Cold Stone. I usually get frozen yogurt at Menchie's. Oh, I don't I know. know if y'all have Menchie's over there, yeah, but it's like a frozen yogurt place where you like build your own frozen yogurt. I love Menchie's. I actually, okay, I gotta agree with you there. I actually enjoy frozen yogurt more than I do ice cream. There, yeah. If you want good ice cream, there's a place um, about five, seven minutes from me called Da Vinci's Ice Cream. Ooh. Best ice cream ever. This nice. this past February, the whole month of February, they had um, chocolate covered strawberry ice cream. Ooh. Do y'all have any good snow cone places? Like, we have this place down here called Pelican Snowballs, where they, they're not technically snow cones because the ice is shaved instead of crushed, and it Ooh, makes what? the best snow cones ever. The only one I can think of is in Arizona. <laughs> so and Universal like, Studios. That's rough. <laughs> there probably is. Mm -hmm. I've, honestly, I've never looked for snow cones. Oh, they have like Pla over a hundred different flavors. Plaza Mexico. Oh my god. Oh yeah, Plaza Mexico. So Pel <laughs> unintentional shout out to Pelican Snowballs, but they have like pink champagne. They have this uh, cherry margarita flavor that's my favorite. It's like a cherry limeade. Mm. They have this flavor called Jamaican Me Happy, which is like a mix of tropical flavors. You know, just to name a few. That's um, it, there's so many. Jamaican happy. <laughs> making me happy. And the one by my house, their little tip jar says college fund on it. It's so cute. I love them. They're nice. great. And they've got a drive through which makes it even better. That, okay, yeah, that does sound pretty dope. <laughs> I think the closest thing we got is like... Plaza, Mexi Plaza Mexico, because there's always like, you can always find some like snow cone... Uh, yeah, or you can find snow cones there for sure, but I don't think it's like what Jason's describing. 
It's not quality snow cones. That's like fairground snow cones. The absolute bottom of the barrel tier snow cones, in my opinion. (laughs) Okay. Is the reason I'm not that into snow cones because I haven't had a good one? I haven't had a snow cone since I was... 100%. If you ever come to Florida in my area, I will take you to Pelican Snowballs and you will have the best snow cone of your life. Okay. That is... Why are you trying to convince me to return to Florida? I already escaped. <laughs> I never set foot in Florida, so. Listen, listen, man. I'll I'll go to California to see all the weird California foods. You, you gotta come to Florida at some point. So, you know, I can take you bowling. We can do mini golf. It's the we only thing to do in Florida. We have that here. <laughs> you can see a beach, but you have those there too. Yes. Yeah, we have, we have natural springs. We do we have, have thousands of them. We, we, actually, we do have natural spring. Um, and people do not even know it, that it's at. Oh yeah, the ones that we have here are so hidden because barely anybody fucking knows they exist. And it's good because we don't want to. Hmm? Yeah, that makes sense. Ours are state parks for the most part. Most natural springs in Florida are uh, on some sort of state park. Damn. Nice. We've got hundreds of state parks to the point where there's this little passport book you can get. And at every park you visit, you can get a stamp in the book for the park. And if you fill it out, like all of them, you can send it in and you get a free pass to all the state parks for a year. Wow, that's cool. That's really cool. That's kind of worth it. That's cool. Yeah, there's a national park one, too. For like the big ones, you know, like Yellowstone and the Everglades and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I should get that one. The Yellowstone one, I've... You know... A slight mini tangent. We I already, very... already tangenty, man. Mini tangent off our bigger tangent. Mini mini tangent. Like I, I'm very upset at myself because I, like I, I got okay. I got the opportunity like a long time ago, um, to go to Machu Picchu. So I went. So I, I, uh, I went. I hiked up there and stuff. And I, I, you know, saw everything. Did everything. That was great. I had a lot of fun. It wasn't until I got up there that I found out. That if you take your passport, they will stamp it. Mm-hmm. I did not know that, and I was like, "Shit! Now I gotta come to Peru again just to do this." But hey, you get to see Machu Picchu twice. That's I'll, even I'm better. I'm actually gonna go back. It was amazing, but still, it was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. <laughs> Didn't find that out until I was on the mountain, at the top. <laughs> I gotta say, the best part about Florida is not our beaches or whatever people think it is. It is 100% the thousands of natural springs that we have. And the sinkholes. The sinkholes are kind of cool, too. Interesting. Big old holes in the ground. That (laughs) might be, like, a neurodivergent thing. But I think sinkholes are so cool. Sinkholes are. I don't know. I already already worry about the San Andreas fault line. I don't need to worry about a sinkhole. Yeah. We're just waiting for the big one. (laughs) Yep. Now, if I'm out of California when the big one hits, then I'm just going to hope and pray that my... Um, I've I know, it's kind of, kind of funny. As long as an atheist, hope and, I say hope and pray. Hope and hope, I mean, that my house... We also have earthquakes. We have uh, hurricanes, sinkholes, the Florida man, alligators. We have the California man. We call them skinheads. And the Florida um, man is far more legendary than the California man. The California man is the lesser known cousin of Florida man. Yeah, the California man is the Florida man that you don't hear about. Yeah. We have bloods and crips. <laughs> we have gangs in Florida. 
Yeah, no. yeah, it's not in my area, but they exist. <laughs> we have alligators. They're pretty similar. LA Zoo. Yeah, we have zoos in Florida. No, I'm just, I'm just saying if I want to see any form of animal, I'll just go to LA Zoo. <laughs> but since I boycott... I mean, I can do that too. I can drive like an hour south to the Naples Zoo. But I boycott... Or I could drive zoos. an hour north to the Tampa Aquarium, which is much cooler because they have a jellyfish room there. Oh my god. I parks that are considered state parks out in the ocean, huh? Um, there's a couple of them that are mostly, like, water, yeah. I just don't like zoos. It's... Why are you... It's prisons. Not They're prisons for animals. They shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. That's why I like aquariums. Nine times out of ten, animals are better cared for in aquariums than they are at zoos. As long as it's not SeaWorld or trying to make entertainment. Yeah, I, I'm talking about actual aquariums. Actual SeaWorld aquarium. is a theme park, not an aquarium. Yeah. But, but, let's let's get that one park. thing straight. Like, SeaWorld is not an aquarium. Theme park is the worst parts of a theme park and the worst parts of an aquarium. Yes. Like, you want to go? You want to go to the Long Beach Aquarium desk? No, I can just turn on my TV, put it on rest mode, and I have the aquarium on my TV. Listen. There is something completely ethereal about sitting in a jellyfish room filled with tubes of jellyfish. Like, yeah, that's fun. nothing beats that. That's really fun. That is the one pinnacle of human experience is sitting in a jellyfish room surrounded by tubes of jellyfish. Yeah, I'd do it in the water if I wasn't terrified of the ocean. Oh, I'm terrified <laughs> of the ocean too, but I'm also terrified of earthquake and then that glass breaking, and then then I get eaten like um, Samuel Jackson in Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> we are gonna find a way to seal this hole. Ah. <laughs> no, I'd rather be LL Cool J in Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> yeah, what's up? I lived. Yep. <laughs> and then Thomas Jane gets killed off screen in the sequel. Yup. What? Yep. What? Less, much lesser known sequel. What the fuck? That straight to DVD sequel. Yep. But made for TV. Long. That was like one of my favorite movies. Long-winded history. Now here we are, Space Oddity Collective. Thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah, now we're Space Oddity Collective. We're here now. You're listening. Thank with, you. With that's the, that's the history. That's it. With the new mission statement, um, we want to bring in more artists. I want to get to the point where. I don't care if I'm teaching. I want Space Idea Collective to get to the point where we can bring in people that can actually pay them so we can do content where we can help kids learn. Because there's going to be a generation after Gen Z. And we want to bring in new artists. And they're going to be raised by Gen Z. So. Yeah. And then, I'm terrified to see what happens to them. Oh my god. I know. It's not going to be a good world. That's why we're creating the collect. The collective is going to be a space where hopefully we take the stress off of young people's hands. Yeah, the teen generation has gotten much more unhinged generation to generation. You know, like, Gen Z is, like, half the age, twice the rage of millennials. I'm absolutely fucking terrified to see what Gen Alpha turns out to be. Is that what they're calling it? Yeah, it's Gen Alpha, because they already exist. The first time I'm hearing that. Because, you know, you gotta think, the top end of Gen Z, we're, like, you know, I think around 25 is, like, as old as Gen Z goes. They're having kids already. No, so, 25 will put them in the millennial range. It put them in, like, that weird cusper range. Because I'm 25. The, the <laughs> zillennials. Because I'm technically, I'm, like, at the, like, 
end of millennial, beginning of Gen Z is is where I am. I'm. They call us zillennials. Because I'm 25. So it's like, well, it's not necessarily 25, but it's like you know, early 20s. Because I I'm 20, and I know I'm I'm not the you oldest know, Gen Z. See, that's the funny thing too, because I honestly think it has so much more to do with the the like upbringing and ideal and thought processes rather yeah. than the legitimate actual year mm-hmm. well, because stupid yeah, there's, there's always in betweeners in every fucking guy yeah like me i'm in between the 90s i'm in between gen x and millennials. so i yeah. i do have viewpoints that do gears towards gen x and like, i have I can play video games together and you're super into ghostbusters I think, honestly, it's really determined by your parents' generation, I would say. Because if if you're a cusper that has cusper parents, you're going to have a similar experience. I'll say this. With that generational transition. I'll say this. If my parents were still here, my views would be vastly different from theirs. I guess, I guess, like, I'm trying to think about it. My my parents were born in the early 60s. Which means they would have been children in the early 70s and young adults in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Like mine's. Well, my mom was a teen in the 80s. My dad was born in 75, no, 73, and my mom was born in 81. Yeah, my dad was... He was 75. 75 and 81. Yeah, math. Got I'm you. not good at it. <laughs> We've been over that. Got you. <laughs> oh, man. Was it? Yeah, my parents were 62 and 64. Yeah, my pops was 63. And he always lies about He always lied about his age. See, and that's also, that's very interesting when you think about it. Because it's <laughs> like, if your dad was also in that same age range, that means your dad and mine are like, literally around the same age. Yeah. So it would be interesting to see that because technically, because you're so much older than I am. Mm-hmm. Like we're we still have similar thought processes. I guess it lends itself to Jason's point of like it also depends on your parents' generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Like I yeah, we, we we couldn't pin down his age until we got his death certificate. Gotcha. <laughs> I was like, this motherfucker has been lying his age for my, so long. Is he lying? Oh, he was lying. My parents this year will be 41 and 47. My grandparents are in like their 60s. I'm looking forward to turning 40. I am terrified for the day I turn 40. Uh, Because I already got back pain now. Um... (laughs) I've I've been dealing with knee pain since I was 15. So I'm like, by this point, I'm used to it. I'm too young to have this much joint pain. It happens. I should be out partying and stuff still. You like, still can. Why am I home lying in bed with a hurt back? Take, even though as someone who is my age who should be having kids, who's not going to ever have kids, I'll let my friends have kids, which they currently are. Congratulations to two of my best friends. One I can actually say, one I cannot. Allison Garcia, former guest on this show. Congratulations. <laughs> She's due on the 20th of this month. So I'm like, holy fucking shit. That's close. Yeah. Um, my advice, Jason. Take two hits. Get a mm-hmm. shot. Your knees will be fine. <laughs> Go party. I, I know I shouldn't be saying that because my... But someone who's done it before, just 
two puffs, a shot, or whatever you whatever hard liquor you can take, and go on and do your deck, do your thing thing. I'll <laughs> I'll lock that advice away for September when I actually turn twenty one. <laughs> this is why most of my friends be like, "You're not gonna be around our kids when they turn teens." I'm like, "Bullshit." I am absolutely determined to be the bad influence, like, uncle to all of my friends' kids. I, like, I'll take them skydiving when they turn 18, and, you know, like, their first tattoo is on the house, like, on me. I was going to wait till my friends' kids turn 15 to give them their first drink and be like, yo, you're in the comforts of someone's home. <laughs> you drink when you're here, but when you're at home with your parents, you just don't tell them I gave you a drink. All right? All right? Go, go. My mom tried to get me to drink one time when I turned 18, and I looked at her and I was like, I plead the fifth. I'm not incriminating myself right now. The reason why my family never turned, never blinked when I started drinking, they found me at, I don't remember, this is why I clearly don't remember it. So the story goes, New Year's, 87, about, I was about two, they found me in the corner with a bottle of Colt 45. <laughs> little baby Dez passed out all gone <laughs> I was like damn and then it, it got ramped, it got ramped up yes whatever it was like I, I, I could drink dark alcohol apparently our uncle gave me a shot and they saw the, the throat red as fuck so now when I drink it it's just like mmm candy mm-hmm <laughs> Yo, I, my dad used to say and talk about all the time that when I was a baby, he would always like, like drip wine on my tongue. And now he's surprised that I really like wine. <laughs> like the fuck? Okay, so got information on Ray. Oh, yeah. Like one thing after another. Unfortunately, he caught the COVID. He what? Caught the Rona. He's doing fine. He's just recovering from it. Damn. Take some time. Continue on taking some time away from the podcast. Okay. Yeah. So you didn't forget to text him this time? No, I did not forget (laughs) to text him. Got you. Good to know. Okay. I keep up on people. I keep ups when I have a mental memory on it. (laughs) See, I remember people when I remember them. Yeah. So that is the history of not only our families and our our if we're or but also the podcast. So thank you for listening. <laughs> now that we have had four tangents, what's next on our list? Oh God, Star Wars. We forgot to review Star Wars Episode Three. I'm gonna yeah, be, be I'm gonna keep it 100. All right, and that's something that we don't say anymore, but I'm still saying it. <laughs> I'm not feeling <laughs> Star Wars any fucking more. Tired of it. You're already tired of it. We recorded one episode, bro. I literally we've made it two movies in. I at solo. I could not get through thirty minutes of solo. Why are you watching solo when we weren't gonna watch it for this? You're tainting yourself. No, no, no. Solo's on the docket. We're close to getting to solo on the docket for the review after episode three. We're close to. We're supposed to be reviewing solo. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, next week. Uh, that means I gotta watch it. Shit. I'm like, seriously, we're on a good roll. We're, ah, we're, I, on, we're, on a, we're on a good high. 
<laughs> Let's just do what we did last week. Bank episode three and solo, so we can shit on both of them. You heard it here for first, people. We're learning this on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> just, just skip to to four, five, six. Those are the only movies people care about, anyways. Because, like, I can tell you this: when we start ranking them, one, two, three, solo is going to be so fucking far down the rankings. Rogue so, One is going to be the only S tier movie so far. I think is mm-hmm. not going to get any impunity. Legitimately, I think that's fair though. Like Rogue One being the only S tier, sure. There there are some A tiers, mm, a good chunk of B tiers, some C tiers. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. like I can see what Benita was talking about on the last episode. We're commun- consuming so much Star Wars content. I'm now. I'm no longer looking forward to Obi Wan. Yeah, because you're kind of burning yourself out. Yeah. Like, I'm like, we should maybe do this every other week. Yeah. Like how you're saying, bank the episodes for that. Yeah, every other week would be fine. There you go. There you go. We'll, we'll I, know, I will say, out of all the movies, movie three has some spectacularly bad writing. Oh, so. my God. <laughs> and I have a friend. Well, no, an he's there, an acquaintance. They love the prequel trilogy, and I'm not trying to get into an argument with them about it. I'm just like, hey, I'm keeping that thing like I do with my atheism. If you love something, that is great. Let's not have a conversation on it because we're both going to verbally fight. Hey, it's it's the same thing as they always say. Let's if agree you- to disagree. Yeah. Let it go. <laughs> like, and love- I think this is a good transition because Sifu just recently came out two weeks ago, and Elder Ring just recently came out. Yeah, and Metroid Prime recently came out November of last year. Each of the, well, I can say see of of now Sifu and you mean Metroid Dread. Dread, there we go. Thank you, Dread. Yeah, Metroid Dread and Sifu are getting easy modes, and all these fucking people out here are bitching and moaning that these games are getting easy modes, and they're like, oh right, now people are gonna complain about Elden Ring being too hard. I'm getting tired of these get good people. Yeah. I literally, I like to enjoy my video games, so I personally play on easy mode because I'm not someone like, like I like a challenge, but if it takes me like three hours to get through a part of a game, I'm not going to enjoy it. Yeah. You know, like I don't like people that dislike people that play on easy mode or call them like, you know, plebs or, you know, what. Cause like, like noobs or whatever. Like I, I, I like to enjoy my video games. Thank you. Yeah, it's like play the game at the way that it feels comfortable for you to have fun. That's the whole fucking point. Yeah, like video games are meant to be like a leisure thing. You know, like the, it's not my job. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get paid to do it. So it'd be yeah. nice. It would be nice, but I'm loving the shit out of Elden Ring though. I know, I know you are, and I'm just looking at people like. There are people who are who are the ones who wish Elden Ring had an easy mode, but they're finding ways to get through the game even if the game is hard. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And there's and, and there's like and if you still have those assholes out there who's like who are coming after them because they're finding ways to help them get through the game. And I'm like, it's it's really sad. You're now taking time away from yourself playing Elden Ring to bitch online. And I know it's kind of productive because I'm also doing the same thing, but I'm not actually playing yeah. Elden Ring. <laughs> but like, let people enjoy things. Like, yeah. how's that so hard? It's like Jason. Last year we had an article 
that we read, and this was collectively, we all shitted on this father. <laughs> he got mad that his son was playing Spider-Man PS4 on easy mode, <laughs> which was wow. is, is called neighbor your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man mode. Yeah, like he got mad that he was playing on story mode, right? So he was <laughs> it became a whole thing. I I barely remember that story. I tweeted at it's that just father. so unnecessary. Like, like, how is me playing on easy mode affecting you? You yeah. know, thank you. Those are the same people that look at you when you're wearing a jacket when it's a little hot, and they're like, "Oh God, take that jacket off." I need to. Yeah. Like, I need to. Like, and, why, why it's care? like people that look at you and you're like, "How are you not freezing or something?" Like, yeah. well, what, what do you care? What do you care? Why are you it's having like, cereal? At, like, why are you having cereal at three p.m.? <laughs> like, I don't know. Why are you questioning me? Mind your yeah. business. Like, mind your business, and probably because, like, the answer to that is either because. You know, like I'm lit, <laughs> or, or I'm hungry. I'm depressed, Karen. I want to eat cereal at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's like I'm like fuck. I, even when I was a kid, it was never frowned upon to eat cereal like at any time of the day. Yeah, please. I'm like I'm and I, and I still deal with it, uh, where I'm like I'm danger close on just deleting everyone off my PSN and Xbox. You know, for real. I'm going back like. PS2 era where I had no friends. Because <laughs> I'm like, in PS2 era, I'm going to go get me an extra hard drive and I'm going to put all my games specifically on the hard drive. And if I pull it out in the middle of the game, well, I'm fucked. PS2. Oh, yes. <laughs> or you remember the Pizza Hut scandal? Yo, yeah. If you don't know, Jason, what's the Pizza Hut scandal? So Pizza Hut and PlayStation Magazine gave out demo discs. These yeah. certain demo discs, you, if you had the good one, you're fine. But the place, but the PlayStation magazine and the Pizza Hut demo disc wipes the memory cards. Yep. Yep. I never felt more heartbroken. This was more of a heartbreak than breaking up with my first girlfriend. It was like it was like the way <clears throat> a lot of us, like at that age of the internet, learned to never trust like putting something physical in your in your system without knowing what's on that thing. Mm. It's like one of those things that formatively to like a generation of people was like, we need to understand how security on computers work. <laughs> this is one time where I was still actually crying too. So, yeah, I know. Speaking of like old system, I don't want to call them vintage because I don't think they're technically vintage yet. Please don't call but, them. I still have. But to when y'all had a PS2, did you have a regular PS2 or a PS2 Slim? No, it is regular, imperative regular, that I know this. A regular one. Regular. Because I had a PS2 Slim I still that have slim. overheated itself to death. Yo. Like, I, I, I was like, you gotta pull it out of the entertainment stand, you gotta set it on the floor, and you gotta put a second fan on it. Oh, you had that PS2. <laughs> I it, it, the Slim that had, like, the they didn't downsize any of the hardware in the yeah. system. They yeah. just made the fan smaller. Yeah. 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 Like, I remember, um, like... At that time, my dad had gone to Peru for business or something, and he, like, when my original PS2 had, like, finally taken his shit, he he was able to get another one for cheaper over in Peru and bring it back <laughs> here, and it was a slim, but it was a slim that had a uh, jailbreaker card in it or something to where I could play pirated games, so if I burned them on LimeWire, 
like if I found games on LimeWire and burned it onto a disc, I could play it in that PS2. I fucking love that. I had to I had to actually go to a Japanese import store to buy a Japanese import games. Yo, damn, dude. I ne- I never found the Japanese ones because there weren't files for them at the time, mm-hmm. but shit, like that's I'm Yeah, really... that was back when that stuff was not readily available. You had to actually know someone or know somewhere you could get a physical copy. Yeah. I remember those 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 were the days, man. <laughs> Yeah, I had, yeah. I had the, we had the PS one with the screen and the regular PS one. Yo, you remember? You remember like when uh, when Blockbuster first started renting video games? Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm long enough to remember when Blockbuster first opened. Yes, <laughs> I remember when my local movie gallery closed. If that counts. Yeah, like I I remember we like I very specifically remember. When I would be at my dad's house, we'd go to Blockbuster. When I'd be at my mom's house, we'd go to Hollywood Video. <laughs> there was a Blockbuster up by my grand... I think it was a Blockbuster. It was like a movie renting store up by my grandparents' house up until like about five or six years ago. Hmm. Like It stayed popular up there. Man, I still got all my VHSs, but I don't have a VHS player anymore. Those are Goodwill. You can always find VHS players at Goodwill. Yeah. yeah. Should go get one before, like, they don't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I like, like, my, my PS2 finally took a shit. Yeah. When the PS4 was being announced. Dude. So it lasted up until the tail end of the PS2. My PS2 lasted up until the tail end of the PS3 era. That's that's you know that's a good long life and that's a good time to retire. Um, yeah, I started. I was like, I made it through an entire console generation. I mean, PlayStation's also were really good about being backwards compatible with their video games too. Until yeah. PS4 came out. Until PS4, <laughs> and then that shit was weird, and we we're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, the the PS3 was backwards compatible with PS2 and PS1 games though. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I remember like the first ps3 that i actually had access to to use was not mine it was my um my stepbrother's and he had like left it when he moved out so i was able to like use it for a little while and then when he came to get it uh i was able to save up for one of my own and by then the the ps3 slim had come out i have this i have the slim now still works yeah i survived two console generations right now I, I don't have the Slim. I have the one after the Slim now. Oh, wait, no. I'm thinking of PS4. No, PS3. Yeah, I have the Slim still. I still have, like, when it comes to the 360, I still have my hard drive from the 360, but uh, from the original 360, and then when they made the Slims, uh, I traded in my old one because that's that because uh, I didn't need it anymore once I got the Xbox One, but... We still have the 360 console that my dad used, and it was the Slim Modern Warfare 3 edition. The one that looked like all digit camo. Yeah, I remember that. Like, the only reason he bought it was because it was the only one available left at the store. (laughs) I'm so happy that Xbox has cloud gaming. Right. Like, all my files from the 360 was poured over to the uh, my Xbox One. I was like, I, I still have Castle Crashers from when I bought it back in like 2007. I was like, Holy fucking shit, god damn it, Xbox. I, I, I was always shitting on, I was one of those dumbass gamers 
who was like, Team PlayStation, even though I clearly grew up in the era of fucking Sega and Nintendo, I just quickly yeah. go like, oh, I'm team, team PlayStation. Like, every E3, I was like, oh, I'm, it's all Sony, it's all Sony. Now, it's like, I'm the dude. It's like, whatever, man, it's, it's a fucking console, man. <laughs> the one thing PlayStation will always win at is their exclusives, and I will die on that hill. You know, like, I don't even have a PlayStation, but I want to play the PlayStation. PlayStation has good single-player exclusives. Mm-hmm. And Xbox needs to catch up. On I don't play multiplayer games anyways because I'm bad at video games. So yeah, it's all good. Like, but, I, yeah. like I, I've, I've always been that person of like, I always try to save up. Like at least up until this last console cycle. Now with because I don't have an Xbox, I don't have a Monolith, and I don't have a, a PS5. But at a least mini fridge and Wi-Fi router. You mean exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> here we call it the monolith. <laughs> Damn, I should have called it. Why router a mini fridge? Here. Well, uh, up until now, because they're so goddamn expensive, I've been able to like successfully save up and buy both consoles because of the exclusives. So I've just because I've always wanted. To play, I'm just like, no, nah, I just want to play that game. It doesn't matter to me which one it comes out on. Whichever console my friends are playing, that's the one I'm going to get it for. But like for me, the reason why I'll get a PS5 because I want to play Insomniac Games Wolverine game. I want to see what they can do with Wolverine because they proved they can do it with Spider-Man. Both Peter yeah. and Miles Morales. Let's see what they can do with Wolverine. I want to play Sifu. Even if it is going to be, if it's going to have an easy note, I thought Thank that you. game looked fucking sick. And watching the gameplay of it, Yes, it's it's a roguelike game, and it'll be my first roguelike game. I'm gonna give it a chance. Well, no, technically it's not my first roguelike game because I played uh, Fallen Order, <laughs> and I passed it. As much okay. as I was bitching about it, and it's also well documented on the podcast. It's very well documented <laughs> about your time bitching about Fallen Order. <laughs> Fallen Order was the catalyst <laughs> to make me stop liking Star Wars. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> Fallen Order wasn't the catalyst. Well, okay, yeah, it was the catalyst to. It was like and the, Rise, before the avalanche. It was it was Fallen Order, and then we just made it come all down. The last Skywalker, the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, yeah, all at the same was, time. I, was- <laughs> I remember this because I very very much remember doing podcast and being like. I love Fallen Order. They're like, man, it's making me hate Star Wars. I mean, like, oh, man. Well, I mean, at least the new movie's coming out. And then we went to go watch the movie. And then we walked out of that theater. And Desi was like, I hate Star Wars. Fuck so No, it was no. It was no. Came out of the theater. Fuck Star Wars. Yeah. Fuck he was this. like, fuck Star Wars. As we, we walked out of the theater. Man, and fuck Star Wars. And then that was the last movie we saw going into quarantine. And <laughs> I've been salty about that shit ever fucking since. <laughs> Why Star Wars would be the last movie for the fucking oh, we used to get to see before the pandemic started? Damn it! I wish I the one movie I really did wish I saw in theaters was Ghostbusters Afterlife. Cause God damn it, dude, that's uh, good times. But um. <sighs> I did get some. I did get some updates on the Batman. Nothing too spoilery. Okay. It is over three hours long. Yo. Um, and it does rely heavily more on detective side of things. So think 
Mm, think a good like drama with some action spin um spend into it a police drama with some police uh action spend into it interesting and robert patterson is 85 about 90 about for what i was told he's more in the bat suit than he is as bruce wayne interesting do you see that ign gave it a 10 out of 10 that is very generous <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's getting mixed reviews. Like I see some people giving it a seven and giving it an eight. And the reason why those are giving it sevens or eights is because we don't spend any time with Bruce Wayne. We're only spending so much time as Batman. And in those reviews, like this is the first time in any Batman movies where the majority of the movie you only see Batman. You don't see Bruce Wayne. And I think that is a great. I think that is a first and a good direction to go if you're going with these Batman movies. That's if interesting. We're spending less time with Bruce Wayne. We're spending more time with Batman. I mean, they are Batman movies. So. Yeah, because they always because all these other movies, and I have rewatched them. I didn't want to rewatch the movies because I'm like, no, because I'll be like, fuck Batman. I'm always you like, you don't want to rewatch the Christopher Nolan trilogy and review? Here's the thing, <laughs> I actually, I'm gonna hang back on my opinions on those movies. What I have opinion with those movies. It's not only because they are the reason where we got all these greediness with DC movies, but it's the saturation of darkness in these fucking movies. Like, I have mm-hmm. to, it's either the technology is not cut, catching up to making film to be more viewable at home. Yeah. But these movies are so fucking, his two movies alone are so dark, I have to turn on the brightness on my damn TV. Well, that's intentional. Have, have you heard of that? That's just a DC movie trope that makes all their movies awful. Oh, well, no, it's not even so a, dark you can't it's fucking watch it. Nolan that. thing. It's, I know it's a Nolan thing because if you watch, um, oh my God, Memento, um, there was one with um, Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman. The, it's there at the tip of my fucking tongue. David Bowie was in it. Wait, Chris, Christian, Christian Bale Jackman? Yeah. What movie? David Bowie was in it. Oh my, it's a Nolan movie too. God damn it, Scarlett Johansson's in it also. God damn it! <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna call my girl. <laughs> damn, like what? I'm trying really. I, I'm not a DC that. fan, so I don't. I don't know DC movies. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know it. Okay, because the it's, prestige. It's, Thank you, the prestige. <laughs> Prestige, God, the, the Prestige. <laughs> that is a uh, Nolan movie. I do like DC's animated movies. I think their animated movies are good. Those their animated movies are hit and miss. Yeah, like uh, recently I had to watch. I think it was Injustice. Horrible. Injustice was a miss. It was a miss. I actually didn't mind it. Well, because mm. maybe that's because I don't really know like the lore of DC. That might be that, that's. That's th- and I'm not like a DC fan, but I didn't mind it. I thought it was okay. And I'll just say this: the Injustice video game does it way better. And the comic books. I, my boyfriend did tell me that, but I, I will say this: and this is a problem that fans are still not learning till this day. We have to set. We have to still continue to learn to separate our fandom from the source material. And so there is times where you can do it. Injustice is one of them, because oh, horrible. But there are people who do enjoy it. I'm someone. I will uh, say the writing was predictable. That um, was a definite. There's one like, you, I knew how the movie was gonna go. There's one they, you might like. 
they change specific characters and what happens to specific characters in ways that's like, wait, that doesn't make sense now. And killing off characters who powers exactly are meant for the situation they put themselves in. Yeah, it's and... kinda like it's kinda like if it's kinda like if they redid Titanic, right? And then Jack dies in the beginning and you're like, Well now what? Oh. Yeah. Or in this, or <laughs> here's a good example for you, Jason, in D terms. It's like Maxim is supposed to be pre efficient in getting through traps. And then he uh-huh. gets himself in a trap and he can't get out and dies. That's why I hate injustice. <laughs> That's why, yeah. It's kinda like like as someone who didn't watch or doesn't know the source material, that is perfectly understandable why you see it the way that you do. It's unfortunate for the fans that like do know the source material that it's like, ah, I can't. Yeah, wait. just making all those DC fans out there cringe when I say that I didn't mind the Injustice movie. Don't worry about it. I I got no, friends who, who like try to figure out why do I like the Long Halloween. The Long Halloween Part 1 and 2 is really great. Um, and I feel some narrative changes from the comic. It was the people keep forgetting the, that comic came out like the mid nineties. Yeah. That is a whole different time to where we are now. There were some choices that I did not read in the book. I'm like, I don't agree with this. Reading it, yeah. looking at the changes, like it made. I'm not gonna spoil it, but it made sense for narrative what they what they did for the animated movie. Now then, you then you have Batman Harley Quinn, where. We're talking about um, no means no, and Harley Quinn has Nightwing tied, handcuffed to the bed, and he's saying no, and they still, and they still. Yeah. That's a bit questionable, yeah. I'm like, so I'm like, we're, we're going to gloss over Harley Quinn rape Nightwing? Right? We, we, we're going to gloss over? We found him. <laughs> After the fact, because he Nightwing was putting back on his shirt. Yeah, I know, I know. It's one of those things. <laughs> I was like, "We're gonna, we're gonna gloss over." Uh, that was, honestly, that was just for the Wattpad fans. <laughs> gonna gloss over that, okay? Um, <laughs> or the fact that Wonder Woman only had technically two DC animated movies, and Batman and Superman collectively had about ten. Technic, wait, like on her own? On her own. Really? Yes. Remember, I'm a fan of Rosario Dawson. So you know I'm I will say, watching the Injustice movie has kind of killed my liking of Wonder Woman. <laughs> she, like, gaslighted Superman into becoming a dictator. It is also very important to know that the story of Injustice takes place on an alternate Earth. Yep, it's... it's gotcha. It's not, it's not the main ones. I think this is a good thing, a good segue... It's called a what if story. Yeah. Both Mar- Marvel started it. DC started to do it more of late. Yeah. And just what if story is a what if Superman did flip kind of a story. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. There's one where Miles Morales, there's a what if story is coming out too. actually. What if Miles Morales became the Incredible Hulk or and what if Miles Morales became Captain America? What was that last part? Captain America. If he became Captain America. Oh. Oh. I'm like, Yo, America that can go invisible and has spider spidey sense on top of like the reflexes. Holy they cha- they changed the powers the power set for that. Oh, gotcha. It's a what if story. Um, there is one where Spider no, Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. There's one where Nightwing kills the DC universe. What if stories have been such a thing for a long time? Yeah. Yeah. 
And in Marvel I Zombies. absolutely adore how absurd some of them are. Yeah, for real. There's cool. there's one yeah. what if story I felt like it was the best one. What if it was not what if it was just more like Superman yeah. finally like no it was not Superman. Batman finally having a family like him like hanging up the cow and how what do I look? Batman finally has a what? I'm sorry. Batman having a family like. Him, him giving up, him giving up the cow, using his money where it's supposed to go. There are story, what if stories out there like that? It's just people start or just piggybacking on the ones where he's being a dick. There's there are what if stories out there where he's actually like he gives up, he gives up being Batman, and like gives Nightwing the mantle, and it yeah. just goes on from there. You know, it would be really interesting to see a a representation. And I know it's way I know it's way too early because this came out like within recent memory, but I would really love to see like a visualization of um, the Dark Knights run, mm. the more recent one, the Batman Metal comics. Oh yeah, because you get a lot of what if Batman stories encapsulated into a quote unquote mainline story, but it would also require a lot of pre build up because that's like a like it's a literal apocalypse level thing that involves them like. Uh, uh, like having to jump to different universes and shit, which is definitely not where the DC EU is right now. Yep. Jason, there's a Batman who's called the Batman who laughs laugh. Oh, that's my favorite Batman, the Batman who la who laughs. Yeah. He. Batman... Okay. He it's a, it's he took bat... his Batman took down Joker. Joker died, but his blood turned into a toxin and infected Batman. So you have all the you have all the sociopathic tendencies. All of the brains and training and lethality of Batman with the unhinged, crazy like nature of Joker. Oh, that sounds absolutely fucking terrifying. Yeah, and he basically it's a story of like him uniting all the uh not all, but a a selection of alternate Batmans from the dark universe. Uh, dark alternate universes and brings them to the main one so that way they can destroy the uh, the multiverse. The dark multiverse, sorry, not dark universe. Dark multiverse. Jesus. And out of that, it came um, came out of one of my favorite Hawkman storylines from that. Oh, for real? Hawkman was so clutch in that entire run. Like, I didn't like Hawkman up until that point. I was like, like a reason. Like they need, like they needed um his metal, which is nth metal, which is supposed to help take down all of this, and like he was already like in the middle of like he his reincarnation. So I don't want to give us too much of a spoiler, just in case like you all chance going to read it, but it's like of, fuck of yes. a lot of Batman recent memory Batman runs. That is a very good one to read, and I would recommend it to anybody. And it's a one-off, so you don't really have to worry about it. It's like, a one-off, yeah. Like if you read the stuff for Batman Metal, you don't have to like. Uh, as long as you know who Batman is and who the basic Justice League members are, you're fine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. It's a good one. It's a good one. Dude, okay. I just want to mention it slightly before it, before we can. Um, you still picking it, you? Season one of Supernatural. I know. And... Oz and I, Oz and I finished season one. What was it? Yesterday. 
It was either yesterday or the day before. But, yeah. <laughs> Thoughts? Because it is, it is on the docket if you made it okay. through the first season of Supernatural. Okay. So, I'm going to say this right now. I like Supernatural. I'm going on record. I legitimately really like Supernatural. However, that last episode, that last episode of season one, um, it's good. I had no problem with the episode. I loved it. I honestly liked it. I was like, okay, cool. The boys like finally found their dad and stuff. And then the dad gets possessed by the demon and then you know they like they have that whole thing of like where Sam might shoot him, but he he doesn't shoot him, and then the demon gets away and all that. I was like, all right, fine. All of that I was fine with. I was like, yeah, th- this show is not written well, but it's it's written entertainingly. You know what I mean? And I like the idea of what the premise is, and theoretically the stakes are going to get a lot higher. So I'm very interested to see what that's going to look like. The only thing I literally didn't like that kind of pissed me off was that last out of fucking nowhere, like, oh, by the way, just to create tension, they get in a fucking semi-truck accident. And that's just there for you for, like, that ending. For no reason, no resolution. It's just there to fucking hit you in the jaw. And then and then we saw the first episode of season two, and I was like, you know what? Okay, I'm back in the show. I really like this. And it already felt better. <laughs> So you're now ready for the anime. So I'm theoretically now ready for the anime, right? Yep. I'm sorry. There's a supernatural anime. Yep. And I already purchased it back when I saw back when I was like on episode four or five of season one. Because I will be honest, I legitimately I made it through about four episodes of season one, and then I skipped to season four. That's um, what. Hearing that the first three seasons are like the difficult part, you have to trudge through the first three seasons, mm-hmm. and I could not do it. <laughs> I'm determined to get through the first three. I was say I this. will probably watch them when I watch it like this next time around because you know there's like four seasons at the end that I haven't seen. I stopped at season ten, I think. I did too. I and they ended at like season sixteen or seventeen was their last season. I think so. It um, was fifteen. 15. So, I'll say this, Jason. Technically, you can just watch season one to two of the anime, and you'll be fine. And season three is the shortest one. I think it was because of the writer's strike at the time. Yeah, the she- season three is only 18 episodes, I think. Yep. And every other one is about 22, 21 episodes. And I think the last one's 20 episodes when I saw it. So, it's it, it, I know season three was shortest because of the writer. I think the writer's strike at the time. Mm. Oh, that makes sense as to why it got good in season four. Mm-hmm. All that time off, you give, gives them time to um, work on some good, good scripts. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And then, plus, um, also the showrunner was gone after that. The showrunner what? The show, the person who created the show. By the time season four came in, he was gone. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's only his name is only on his producer. He has no like by in, in terms of just name only. He just Interesting. Got other, yeah. So if he got good, it's because the the person who created the show is gone. Hmm. The cast, the crew, the 
credit the cast always um thanks them thanks him for mm-hmm. casting them hell he's they're still tight with him jensen ackles gonna be on the boys because of him that's cool man that's fucking supernatural ran so long i remember seeing panels with the actors um talking to fans of the show and asking how old they were and uh it was like the show was 14 years old i think at that point Mm-hmm. And he was talking to kids that were like, you know, fourteen, mm-hmm. and he they were in like high school, and he was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Which like, one, like, the dude to play Dean or the one to play Sam? <laughs> Yo, okay, so I'm 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 gonna say I'm a Dean I'm a Dean person. I was always a Dean person day one. Yeah, because it's like, I get why people like Sam in season one. I do. And I do like Sam, but at the same time, I'm like, Dean has all the character development in this. Here's the thing, the reason why I think people liked it, um, Jerry Pell, like from season in season one, he just came right off of Gilmore Girls. And went right into Supernatural. Mm-hmm. While Jensen Ackles had time on Smallville, he did that My Bloody Valentine movie, and then went right into Supernatural. So he had like a little like a little bit of a fan base to know that he can take it there. Yeah. So I was like, and plus he has that older brother energy. Like there most of the shit I pull out from Maxon is technically from Jensen Ackles playing Dean. Okay, here's a question. Here's a question that I need to ask. Where do you both stand on on um on John Winchester? He's an absolutely shitty human being, and I hate him. Fuck that dude. I like Jeffrey thank D. Morgan. You. I like Jeffrey okay. D. Morgan, but fuck him. Okay, thank you. Thank Literally you. Literally, everyone okay, hates John guy. Winchester. Collectively, because, like, the entire fandom decided he was an awful person, and you know, thank God. I hear that there are apologists, and there I'm like, are. the fuck why? Even Jeffrey D. Morgan don't like John Winston. <laughs> he plays him. Yo, for real. Okay, and I'm going to I'm going to admit something kind of dumb of me. I didn't really realize that was Jeffrey Dean Morgan until like the last 3 episodes. <laughs> I didn't I, realize it was him. I was like, "Holy shit, that's fucking Megan." I do have to ask though, Desi, since you've seen it up to about the same point I have, who's your favorite character out of the whole series? Wait, do wait, is oh. this is this though? Oh, this not a sp- oh. I mean, not necessarily. I mean, mine at least is like he only appears in like three episodes up until like way, way later seasons. So you have a person that's in the later seasons. I have someone that they- I'm going to formally say fuck both of you. <laughs> that is the only thing I'm going to say for this whole podcast. Fuck both of you. Damn, just had to chime in for that. Uh, we care about uh, you too. Oz from the shadows. <laughs> we care about you too. <laughs> I, 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 get, I suppose we'll we'll limit it to seasons one through ten. Like just the character. You don't have to go into specifics, but just the character. I'm 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 looking for them. This is very Cause... dangerous territory because Desi famously does not care about spoilers and has spoiled things for me before. Okay. This is very dangerous territory. My my favorite character up until about season 13, I believe, is when he made a comeback, had appeared in three total episodes in seasons 1 through 10, and it is Gabriel. Outstandingly. He is my favorite character. Okay. That's yours. 
Mine's... I, I think that I know who you're talking about, like, actor-wise, because I've seen that shit on Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's Well, is... like, that's, that's how I picked my, my name, because for people that don't know, my actual name isn't Jason. My actual name is Gabriel. Um... I stole my name from a Supernatural character. Interesting. So... Interesting. I mean, I knew your name was Gabriel, but I mean, like, I didn't know that's where it was from. Yeah. Well, I picked it in middle school, and, you know, as, as I was as a middle school Tumblr kid, I was a dirty kinny. So, like, me and my friends would assign ourselves, like, characters and stuff. And I was Gabriel, and it just kind of stuck. That's how, that's how I got my name, legitimately. Interesting. The t- There's some <laughs> nerd shit. I, 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 don't, I don't have one. That's my problem. I don't have one. I have two. One is Jody Mills. Okay, Jody's a pretty solid character to like. And the second one, Charlie. There's okay, Charlie. Charlie's also a pretty solid character to like. I hate what they did to her character, but pretty solid. No spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah, I'm not gonna get any further into that because that is kind of big spoilers that you guys would hate me for. Oh no, I'm not gonna hate you for it. I'm gonna be like, damn, all right. But I know who will hate you for it. Uh, Oz will hate me for it specifically. <laughs> I got, and- me- I got mad when I found out what happened to Charlie. I was, I this was one of the few times I wanted to tweet at the show, like, why? Yeah, it was. All right, I'll, like, sh- I'll, sh- I'll, I'll shut up, Oz. I'll shut up. Oz is sending knives and fire in the text. <laughs> Speaking of knives and fire, before we go, I know y'all love it. So here it is, our D&D update. <laughs> yes. Oh, God, the D&D update. I, I'm angry at everyone currently. I haven't done, any, I haven't done anything, technically. This because yeah. we was talking before we we started recording. This was one of the few times I felt like I should have taken a day off from D and D because I was physically like in pain and I was coming into the session in pain. Yeah. So if you, if you notice, I was like stuttering some way I was speaking. Yeah. So one, I was emotional because this was one of the few times I got emotional in session, but then I was also in pain, a lot of fucking pain. So. Yeah. That uh, there there were points in that session, where, legitimately, there were points in that session that I was very scared, not for not because of what was going on, but because I was like, all right, I need to make sure that we navigate this very delicately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like physically, I was literally shaking. <laughs> like I was like, this was like one of the things I was like, I'm fucking emotional. What the fuck? I was like. I was like, okay, I'm in, I'm like, I'm, cause I'm focusing, I'm trying to focus, and I'm in pain, like, in pain, like, normally what I do, I try to focus on something, and when I was zooming in, and I'm like, alright, my hands are starting to shake, I'm getting, like, really fucking angry, I'm not here, and I yeah. kept on, and I kept on saying to myself, why no one's tri-aiming Max in this instant, but then I started thinking, that's actually a good thing, because there is two, there's two abilities I have that I have not used yet, I want to use it narratively, yeah. They would have been enough to kill characters in that yeah. in that room. I was like, I can't do that. I can't do that. I was like, so I treated it like a narrative thing. Like, and it's a real world thing. You angry at someone, you don't 
use your ability to stop it. You're supposed to verbally talk about it. So it, yeah. came, it, it in a way it came in positive because it's like we now have to confront them like, yo. So I tro I chose like I was like, okay, it's better to treat this like a narrative thing. Like if we're, we're if now we're officially stuck as a group. <laughs> Like, if we wasn't stuck before, we're stuck now <laughs> for context. Because of our teammate Mouse, <laughs> if anything changes within the deal between Mouse and the goddess Shar, everybody dies. Yep. I will say this. This is the first. I've not gotten my party to that point. Ever. <laughs> I gotten myself to that point. But I'm like, oh fuck, the game has changed. This is campaign. I always consider campaign two like Angel Angel season two. That's when you know yeah. shit got real. Yeah, season two, uh, campaign two, shit's getting real, right? <laughs> Actually, you know the season finale. Goddamn, no one's seen Angel the show. I need confirmation. No, no. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> it is still on Netflix. Both mm -hmm. Buffy and Angel. If you can look past the fact it's a John Wheaton production, uh huh. The last two episodes of Angel carries over into season two. This is why I say your shit is art because I can pull from TV or pull from comic books that correlates so, parallels so well to what we're doing. Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> like I really wanted the death of Superman type of thing for a show. That's why we had the death and return of Maxon. Mm -hmm. But I'm kind of glad we didn't do the real return of Maxon where he would have been evil and everyone had to try to knock it, him out. The The way that this last session went and the way that it ended is, is very interesting to me because at the very least, like I said, it wasn't my favorite session by any stretch of the imagination. I will say this, but it, it wasn't mine. Huh? It wasn't mine. This would be. There's moments of season one I dislike, but I had still moments that I still liked about them. Yeah. This would be the first one I did not like at all. Yeah, exactly. Like this is this is one where like. This is one where I'm like, okay. I'm trying it to literally, huh? I... It was just really stressful. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It was just really stressful. Because I was like, okay, like this kid, like it was good up into a point. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was and okay. Then had to get started again. Exactly. It was okay up until, up until a gun came out. That was the issue, in my head. I, I honestly, though, I gotta say, when the violence started in general. Exactly. Like when that started, I was like, yeah, that was that was like okay. I get why it got here, but at the same time, it shouldn't. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, there's always going to be infighting in party, but at least from my perspective, I was like, okay, either I let this play out in character, or this is going to get messy. <laughs> this is the first time you see line has been drawn in the sand, though. Because you notice yeah. Max and Alarian Mouse... They're cool with one another. They was literally sitting there talking. They was cool about it. I think you need to reevaluate Alaria's stance because she's pretty pissed off at everyone. Well, I know she's she not is. happy with anyone right now. Maxon is the only person she is not 
actively angry at, and that's because you haven't done anything yet. That is true. That is true. That is valid. Because both sides made mistakes, in my opinion. Both sides started the violence. Right. And I think it's fucking childish. And I did to start PvP. It's at a down part in the campaign at that. Yeah. Like that's... I'm not happy with anyone that that started that fight. Yeah. I did write. Alaris did openly say, "I need to punch Maxon." Yeah. I was like, "Am I?" I muted myself. I was like, "I was like, what did I do?" I was like, "Oh." I was like, y'all didn't see me talking. I was like, that is valid. I was talking to myself. Very valid. I put on I put on my notes. Maxon took something away and placed Alari in the middle of a war. I was like, yep, yep. I think Maxon just should stand there and just be like, okay, here's my face. Give me a good one. And just be not, like, in the campaign, like, all right, I'm right here. Knock me out. Like, just, just a good one. Just a one good one. Or just have Dora do it, because she knocked him out before. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Canonically, before the, the campaign started. and during, Well, twice before the campaign started. I wrote in his backstory. I, ooh, I wrote something so fucking juicy. For, yeah. for us to act out. Okay. I will... Because I, <clears throat> I was like... Everyone kept on wondering why Maxon is saying Maxon Trevelyan, Maxon Trevelyan. Like, well, why mm-hmm. is he saying? It? I wrote something to like he gives a reason why he uses that name. Hmm, that would be interesting. Like, and then him just be like one of the few times cause I've noticed. Like, I haven't openly say Maxon is smirking or smiling in any of campaign two. The only time Maxon has smiled and smirked his return when he looked at Vice and gave a wink and a, and a smirk and walked off. And yeah. it, and and, it, and that's the first time Alari, I'm not Alari, Vice gave an emotional reaction to what Maxon was doing. Yeah. Second yeah. time is when Maxon openly told the group they saw a look of worry on Vice's face. And then snapped out of it. What I've been doing, and I haven't told Reed, and I've been what I've been doing, I went back to what we wanted Maxon to be in campaign one. Like Throwing his party mates off to get information off of people. Because I already knew Vice has a higher insight check than I do. Mm-hmm. So when you asked me, was it true that Maxon is going to get 50000 I said, mm-hmm. yes. Because I made a conscious decision like Maxon met Vice and was, able, was never able to get a beat off him the first time they met. So yeah. if I keep on playing the game, I'm going to get something off of Vice. And that's my leverage. So when Maxon yelled at Vice for the dragon, he's not yelling because he's angry. He's yelling to get a, like, a reaction. Yeah. He's, he's playing the long con on someone who's thinking he's getting the con on them. So it's finally like, I'm finally learning D&D. <laughs> and I'm finally learning the makes of being a rogue. That and I've been reading the, um, the, I've been reading the D&D um, online book, so... And watching Critical Role a lot more, so that's nice. helping. That's helping a little bit. Like, it's helping. like I also came up. Oh, I know I left you on that text. Like, I came up with a story. Mm-hmm. Like, literally right after that. At, remember, you don't want to bet on the fart. Yeah, I didn't want to bet. 
I just left the phone and ran to the bathroom. <laughs> that's fair. And I didn't want to bother you use at work. Okay. No, that's fair. <laughs> you remember that X-Men the animated series episode where Mojo yeah. teleported the X-Men to Murder World? Yeah. My pitch. And I'm mine Larry to hear it. My pitch. This is one where Max is not physically there. There'll be a reason for that. A dictator found a way to teleport warriors to their little murder world. Not murder world, but murder land. Yeah. They heard of this group of people who was able to get away from a dragon who fought Cryovane, who mysteriously fought a 30-foot pit fiend. Or, like, these adventures that we're doing is catching an eye on this person. Yeah. They got something from each person locked in a box. If they don't do it, a part of them will die. Mm-hmm. Like, it's giving them the reason they have to take part in this this uh, this fight. You can come up with that. I just came up with, like, just, just like, the MacGuffin. <laughs> For the reason. Oh, yeah. you, you have, you have personal from Ilaria gets held over her head, she will murder. I will turn so fast. <laughs> This is why I'm writing this story for everyone. This is to to elicit things like, as someone who wants to be more of a viewer for Campaign 3, but still participate, this this is a little something I wrote. So when it gets towards like the revealing of the person who's doing this, and then it gets to the announcer, you just just hear the the announcer just talking, being flamboyant, and then they step out the shadow, it's Poppin' Jay. There's only two people in this group who knows who's Poppin' Jay is. Laria <laughs> and Mouse. <laughs> they know who's Poppin' Jay is. Ah, uh, that's fucking funny. So, I like I even came up with a scenario when he's like when Papa Jay comes into the, like the room, everyone is congregating on them on Papa Jay and he just takes off his disguise. I can't believe Poppin' Jay was one of those things where we started out started that out as a joke and, and now I, it's percent one of your alter egos i co-opted that fucking joke oh yeah oh yeah you did you took that joke and was like nah this is mine oh yeah and then like maxon tells them like all right this is what's happening they know who you are but they think i'm dead dead so i'm safe y'all not so it's like a two-prong attack maxon feeds the team information on the people and he actively poisons the opposite people why Maxon is fucking around with the head dude? Mm-hmm. So like, sort of like, basically what the how the X Men did it. Mm-hmm. Like when Rogue was able to get away and it was working with Longstar, and it was able to help the other X Men take over Mojo. Mm-hmm. So they're like, I'm basically like taking from and also from Superman the animated series when Superman got captured by Mongol. Yes, people, I'm a big-ass fucking nerd, and I'm pulling from comic books and a motherfucking cartoon. <laughs> oh, shit. That's funny. Like, but I have not seen it before in D&D. We'll be technically the first to do it. Like, they, the team will literally have to rely on a thief, who probably by this point, they don't trust that much, but they trust enough to get them out. Interesting. That is my pitch. Now, the haunted story one, I'm gonna we're gonna have to talk about when Jason's not here. This is gonna be interesting. This is gonna be interesting because I'm thinking 
I'm just thinking of a lot of ways to fuck with you guys. See? See? That's the artist's way of you coming out. You already sitting playing. Like, I gave you the seeds, and you become jerks all in here. See? Because you give me the seeds, and then I fucking run with it, and I'm like, yeah, no, that's gonna happen. Awesome. <laughs> I'm I'm just warning you. Like there are certain personal possessions Ilaria has that she will murder to keep safe. I will I will say this. No, I know. This will make Maxon an unlikable person in campaign three. You know, here's the thing. I, I I like this, but personally I don't think I'm gonna put any of you in any situations anytime soon that's gonna make any of you unlikable at the moment. No the this is this is more like <laughs> Oh yeah, this is down the line. This no, is no, down no. the line. I'm talking about more like not unlikable to the point like no unlikable to like. How can I explain? I get what you mean. I get what you mean. It's like mm, it's like a like a sibling kind of dislike. Like he's using things like, Max, and this was in my journal, <laughs> and you released it to the world. I'm going to make sure you are embarrassed about something that you don't want nobody to know. That type of thing. But this person thinks, this person that they're conning, thinks is so, like, so life-threatening. It's a big, like, it's like one big Joker-sized joke. And it'll be more on, like, on the person who created the murder world. Like, they're, they, they become, like, a joke. And, like, the whole fucking city just turns on that one person. Mm-hmm. And Max is just like, <laughs> gotcha, bitch. So, like, when he opens the chest, he's like this. He's like, when he opens the chest, he's like, you think this was going to kill my friend? Like, no, this is going to embarrass them, you dumbass. <laughs> like, that type of thing. Like, yeah. like bringing, like, like, the groups and, like, we hate him, but we now we can't trust you with our personal secrets. <laughs> that type of thing. Like, it's, it's like, it's tense, but it comes funny at that. Like, I want to be, be jovial a little bit, you know? I want... I want us to get back to be jokey jokey, ha ha, half half fun. Yeah, that's that's where I want to get back to also. <laughs> but then I also want to terrify. Yeah. Then I want I want to terrify everyone. I do have a horror story. Yeah. No, no one's this... gonna. No, this is not a like a team party kill type of story. This is more like. Oh yeah. No, you guys are at least for right now. You guys are theoretically not in team party kill territory right now. <laughs> I will fix. Them. Mm-hmm. Technical difficulties. <laughs> not, oh. not in TPK territory until we actually get back into the plot, at least. And then yeah. we deal with the brewing civil war and, you know. Can you believe that that entire thing was a fucking side quest, that last abolith? <laughs> Your Can side you believe is- that that shit was the side quest? Because goddamn. Your side quest is very interesting. I... It, you know, it was a side quest, and I hate how important it became to the plot because of what happened during it. Yeah. <laughs> like, because because two of our players are now bound to specific gods because of that fight, it literally became a pivotal point in the plot of the campaign. Yeah. See, the funny thing is, it it was a side quest that you guys turned into a main quest because the real thing of it was... The original side quest was find where the mushrooms are. They weren't going to fucking go anywhere. And then you guys are like, well, let's take care of this now. And I'm like, oh, okay, so you want to jump into the next main story thing. Got it. Just I'm, load on the plot, you know? Yeah. Uh, because I was like, okay, because, different storylines. Because the same it's, like, it's like 
it's like the opposite of what happened with the vampires. Because what happened with the vampires was, here's all the story plot. And then it was like everybody saw it and was like, no, fuck that. We got to leave. We got to leave. And you fucking left for a week. <laughs> and then I you mean, came we back. weren't going to win that, though. Like, it, okay. it, we, they cast we, darkness and none of us had a way to see except for Vice. Vice was the only person that could kind of see in those conditions. You guys literally had an item that cast daylight as concentration that you could have thrown in the center of the room. And I have a weapon that, uh, uh, as long as I cut the person. As weapons. Not, and... not until after. We got the, the orb thing after the fact. Yeah, and, and, and I, even and, before that. I'm, and I, he I, didn't even use it. Yeah. And, and before that, before that, right, this is very important. I did not throw something at you guys that I didn't think you were going to handle. Because you want to know the functional difference between the first time you went and the second time? Hmm. Nothing. Nothing? <laughs> I didn't change a damn thing. We were just actually prepared the second time? Yeah, that's really it. Because the first time... The first time... Didn't start out with darkness. It didn't start out with darkness. You guys had all the opportunity to just hack the thing. And you guys all fled. And then they kept chasing you down. You guys lost tactical advantage. And they... Yeah, they cast darkness... But I guarantee you there was at least... Because I was even thinking about it. I was like, Vice could have cast Dispel Magic. You could have cast Dispel Magic. And it, I didn't you have, have Dispel cast... Magic at the time. I added I Dispel Magic on then. after the fact. Yeah, I didn't know what you guys had. But I'm like, there was at least option for that stuff. A lot of you guys had ranged weapons that could have still made it through. Darkness doesn't stop like bullets. I would you have guys... been blindly shooting, though. Yeah, disadvantage. That doesn't mean that you wouldn't have, like, not hit. You could have still hit. I don't know, man. It's like a nat one. It's like you hit someone you don't want to hit. My point, is, my point is, you guys had a lot of options on what you did, what you could have done, and you guys chose to leave. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But my point of originally bringing this up was that the vampire fight was the opposite of what happened now. Because the vampire fight was main plot, main plot, main story. And you guys were like, okay, let's postpone this for a fucking weekend. I'm like, all right, cool, no problem. Whereas, whereas the the uh, the Mushroom Kingdom and the Abolith and all that stuff was supposed to be set up for like months down the line from now. And I was only leaving breadcrumbs. And then you guys were like, fuck the breadcrumbs. We're just gonna take the whole sandwich. And I was like, all right, here it is. I wasn't there for that. <laughs> I was dead. That's what I mean, the di like, where they're the opposite. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, yeah, yes, it was a side quest, but originally it was a side quest to lead you to a main quest later. And then you guys did the side quest, which was finding the place and finding where it was and all that stuff. And then you guys decided to say, okay, well, we're going to push on further. So I'm like, okay, here's the main quest part of that. Because I got to make it worth it for you guys. I'll say this. I can I can speak for Maxon. Maxon will give also, a fuck. Also, that was the introduction of a brand new enemy type that has never been in the game so far. So that was like, I gotta make it big. <laughs> yeah, that it almost kill you in one hit enemy. No, that was Vice. <laughs> that was the taunting. <laughs> fucking lying on the ground with my head in my hands for two rounds and then I get up and the fucking fight's over because two of my party members are now in allegiance with different gods. One again, I can. I'll say this: Maxim is again is a one against his. Man, will. I can't believe I almost dropped two of those things on you. 
It was against his will. So I like I I think I was even talking to Oz like thirty minutes before that, before the session started, and I was literally like, I I don't know. I feel like I want to do two, but I think one's gonna be okay. Fucking Ilaria sitting there like I'm too young to die. I haven't punched my dad yet. Um, I literally mouthed. I literally mouthed. I was like. Vice pulled a Maxon. Yeah, Vice pulled a Maxon. Vice it's... 100% pulled a Maxon and isn't owning up to it. Except for... <laughs> the... Vice just rolled really bad. Yeah, that, no. That, but taunting an enemy we don't know what they can do is definitely pulling a Maxon. I, but I got somebody. The difference was I got somebody killed. We almost got a whole party. Vice almost got almost a whole party killed. Technically, no one died, but but, but yeah, so it was still like obviously exacerbating the situation. And I was like, oh, because it's like, yeah, you can because the the, the other thing that I want to point out is that Vice knew what it had, the capabilities. Mm-hmm. Vice, as a character, knew, not just Reed. But the thing is, I don't think they understood my willingness to fuck you guys up. <laughs> I think that's what that was. I because it's like, yeah, like I I know mechanically that they knew what that thing could do. They didn't know it was going to do that in that moment, but they knew its capabilities for the most part. I, I especially because they made sure that I knew that for weeks ahead of time. I think I said this before, and I don't mind repeating it. Just in case we have any new players, new new listeners. You definitely put us in situations where you tell us like definitely you, what you, you <laughs> put you, your mic to cut out right there. <laughs> you definitely put us in situations where you yeah. you even let us know at the top of the session. I have no qualms or no problems. Like this is a dangerous mission. I'm gonna be we're gonna be doing. You could possibly die. You let us, you let us be aware of that. So it was like we're yeah. We're, I told you guys that a week ahead of time, at least a week if not two. Where I, I was like, hey, that, that Adelaide thing, like, I know I'm trying to be cheeky and I'm trying to make it funny, but, like, legitimately, I will let you die. But, like, I've been hearing it the longest, though. That's that's the thing. Oh, yeah, you're used to it because I've said it to you multiple times. This is the first time I think all of you guys as a party have felt that, like, this current party. Because, um, I can... Oh, Ilaria really knew walking into it. She just couldn't do anything. I, I had no opportunity to do anything that whole fight. I just sat on the ground. Yeah, I didn't think it was gonna. Uh, honestly, I didn't think you guys were gonna all fail your roles. But uh, you know, sometimes them's the way. There was a. Uh, I think I'm happy it didn't kill any of you because legitimately, I rolled 14 d6 for that one attack. And if it had been three points higher, Mouse would have been dead. If it had been ten points higher. I'm pretty sure multiple people would have been down. I was down to 22 hit points. And Mouse After was that, that you're fine. You didn't even get knocked. <laughs> Listen, though, I started at 74. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was... A, I don't know if he was there for that, Jason. When Maxon almost died. Were you there for that? I don't think... I was I there for Maxon's actual death. I don't, I don't think he was there when Maxon almost died in the wall. No. Okay. Yeah, I almost died there. I I was literally you can literally see it in my face. I was going to give up. He got trapped. He got trapped in a in a wall underground that collapsed in on him while he was like trying to escape a room that was flooding. 
And basically, if it were not for all the other party members actively trying to dig him out of the rubble and doing things to, like, literally move things magically and shit like that, he would have been crushed. He was, like, in death saving throws already. He was, like, being compressed and dying. That's rough. Imagine where we would be right now if Maxon had died then. I think... Like, what if Maxon did die there? I would... He probably would have died at the Abolith. <laughs> straight up, just straight up, like, if Maxon had died then, probably two of you guys at least would be dead by now on the Abolith, at least. Ouch. I don't know about before that, but by the Abolith, yeah. Oof. This reinforces that I am indeed going to be a ranged character because I'm too emotionally attached to die. Here's the thing, though. It's, it's the whole point of this this game. You can't... Being attached to characters are... it. It's a thing. I'm, I'm attached to Maxon, and I always... Oh, yeah. I always think of narrative... You guys are attached to your characters. I don't want you to, like, not think that it's not going to be worth it if you are attached to your characters. I'm just saying that there are certain points where... Death is a actual like threat, and, and if I is, will push that threat away as much as I possibly can. Why yeah. you it's not going to happen every time you're in combat. I'm not going to threaten you guys like that all the time. But I, I think now more than ever, that, I think now more than ever, everyone is very aware of how willing I am to let your character die in specific ways. I don't, I don't think we should end right there. I don't think we should podcast on that little note. No, totally end it right there. I'm an evil DM. Like, I will kill all of my friends' like favorite things in life. No, no. I, I see. That's see. That's the thing. I will never kill you guys. It's you us. guys will get yourselves killed. Yeah, that's that is. I will never kill you guys outright. It's how the we it's how you play the game. It was the determines if you live or die. That's something that uh, like like being very real. I will never actively try to kill your characters just to fucking kill you. But I will put you in situations where there's a possibility you can die, but if you do, it's gonna be on you. Like I've like there was moments through campaign one where I finally like was finally getting it. Where I was like, okay. I'm finally like I'm like I'm fucking getting it. Like okay, Maxon could be a ranged person um, in this particular like, combat. I sh- or like I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't say this. I know I shouldn't say this. But I would not have let Vice shoot. Like if they actually tried to shoot, I would have stopped session. I would have yelled. <laughs> I would have like, broke. To shoot, I would have stopped session because I would have been like, okay, this is too far. Because I, I will not let PC kill PC like that. I was gonna break character. I was literally gonna break character, and I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing? You like, yeah, like this, I didn't. I don't mind saying this. There was a story I wrote with Vahia on Maxon's like, what Maxon was doing the six months leading up to them landing in Fandolin, mm-hmm. and we was gonna RP it. That was the plan. Mm-hmm. And then what? Obviously, what happened? Yeah. And I'm like, fuck! I can't. Like, I can still use it, but then it's like, I don't have that back and forth with that person anymore. No so it's now just yeah. a one-sided perspective. Yeah. 
So I have to now throw in some extra shit on what Maxim been doing for the six months. Because I'm pretty sure Oz might wonder, like, what the mm-hmm. fuck Maxim was doing for those six months mm-hmm. that led up to him being in this town and all this shit is popping off. Yeah. That he's directly involved with. And I'm like, and I, I went back to those notes and I'm like, fuck. Like that, that callback, I'm like, damn, this was like the one of the few times I collaborated with someone and not here. So it's like, and and I'm like, and now I'm collaborating with Oz, like creating more of Dora's backstory, creating more of their relationship, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, and I'm like, and then Vice, <laughs> in character though, just like not Bree, but just the character. I'm like, oh fuck, I was gonna break character. Like you bet not do this. Yeah, I was like, I will turn on this mic and be like, yo, stop game. What the fuck is going on? Like, yeah. like, like what? I was gonna do that, but I was like, no. I'm, I'm sure this is gonna gonna play itself out. Just like, yeah. Stay here, act like you're smoking a joint. Just stay here, act like you're smoking a joint. Don't be chaotic, Maxim. There was three opportunities I wanted to be chaotic, Maxim, for that last thirty minutes. Yeah. I don't know if it was the emotions running, or like, and I have to say, Jason, you and Mouse, you and you and Finley, like played it like still in character, but the, the look on your the angry look on your face is like okay. This is the one time I cannot be that guy. <laughs> I cannot be that guy. <laughs> I can see it in their faces. I have to be the essential parent in the situation. This is what's going to happen. <laughs> Hence why I said they're the ones again the million dollars. They're only getting 50 G's. That's why I was very fondly being like, you remember when you were the chaotic one? Yeah. Yeah. And remember when you used, remember when you used to tell me I'm a chaotic character, and I would laugh at you. Yeah, that changed. Like, yeah, you're not chaotic, man. I'm not chaotic no more. Because <laughs> we both said it. I think we said it was um, it was just us two. Character growth on Maxon. Yeah, Maxon's had character growth, and even then, even back then, I was like, yeah, Maxon's like Maxon is like gray, but Maxon's not chaotic. Yeah, He's like, never been fucking chaotic. Like it was like. I've done some shit that is, like you said, it's morally great, but I was like, yeah. it's us, and I feel Chaotic like... Chaotic doesn't mean I do what I want. <laughs> it's I know, but it's more, I think the, the reason why we have this character growth is the fact that we're all... Jesus Christ. We're all talking with one another after session. We're yeah. coming up with we're coming up new ways and ideas to help one another. And then we bring that into the session, and then we... Are con- we're not trying to metagame, but we're subconscious of it. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, okay, this character know what they did in the past. They're going to try to find ways to not be that person again. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I like to think right, Maxine is with his wife. And they're physically there. I think if one is emotional, the other one cannot be there because they both won't be able to. Like, Even though they they narratively been together for so long, they know mm-hmm. one another like if one is emotionally a compromise, the other one cannot be. The other one has to be level headed. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Maxi cannot be this way. He just have to be like, they did this. I had this one idea for everybody. They fucked it up. They get this. Those who are no longer gets this. Like a parent would, like like how me and my parents did my brothers. Desmond, you didn't do well. You get this. Your brother's getting that. I'm going to be mad about it. I'm going to be like, yeah, it was my actions. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
The only thing I'm bringing for my fucking parents into the session. I'm pulling the parent card on you. Oh, man. You well. get $5, your brothers get 10 <laughs> I can still get a Power Ranger with $5. <laughs> well, you know, no matter what, that session was crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but best line of that intense. session. Ooh, they call me the Flash, and I have a story on why they said. Ooh, why I said, even though it's from the Flash, but I always wanted to use it. Somewhere was a caught running nude somewhere, <laughs> and finally something happened that I could finally use that line. Uh, just to bring us back, how long have we been recording so far? Two old. I, I was trying to. I was trying to segue it. Um, but there's been a lot of continue run on story. I know we're at two eight, so I think that's I've a good. That's a good cut up. <laughs> Ooh, I'm the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> Thank oh, you yeah. for listening to this 150th giant size episode of the Space ID Collective Podcast. It's, As... it's okay, it's long. It's a milestone episode. Yes. It's a milestone episode. We normally do like an exercise podcast or something, anyways. When it's a milestone. Mm-hmm. Um, as always, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I took us off of Amazon Music and Stitch. Well, trying to get us off of Stitcher. They're being assholes. Oh, really? We're, it's better to stay congregated on the platforms mm. we're on because SoundCloud is the base hub. And they just all we need is the, uh, the URL to be on Spotify and Apple well, thank you, everybody, for listening, and thank you for being here for, for those of you that have been for 150 episodes. Some of you may be here with, like, our more recent 15. Some of you guys might be listening to this for the first time. Who the fuck knows? But regardless, thank you, everybody, who's listening, and hopefully we'll see you in another 150. We love you, and until Black Hole Tangents comes out, to the, hey. next, to the next podcast. <laughs>